don't be alarmed. The sound you're hearing? It's my voice. I'm using my sturdy mouth and ample neck muscles to push air into waves of energy so that they reach you and vibrate against tiny hairs located deep within your ears. It's a gift to you directly from my throat. I'm pretty good with body stuff, so this is all accurate in exactly how sound, air, and tongue parts work. Allow my voice to be your anchor in the twisty sea of existence. We're going to do a special episode this week, a meditation on space. But first, I want to make sure you're comfortable. Are you wearing a listening tunic? Have you turned all your mirrors to face the wall and filled an iron pan with bone broth? Well then, you're ready to begin. This has been a difficult time for all of us, so I'm going to offer a moment to focus and to heal. Hopefully you've locked all the doors and are swaying in a meditation sling. Or maybe you're lying face up, fully extended on a soft but not too soft carpet. Preferably it's one bought because you were told it was made by impoverished artisans in a country that you know from watching too many episodes of House Hunters International is known for its laid-back atmosphere, making it the perfect place for a pair of empty nesters to get away from the hustle and bustle of city life back in Denver and pursue their dream of starting a successful all-terrain vehicle and parasailing rental business. One with a vibrant folk tradition and a history of other people telling you, you really must go. Okay, be honest. You probably wish it was a softer carpet. The kind that your grandmother had in her condo in Cape Coral. Back in the days when wall-to-wall was a sign of abundance, not something to be ripped out to make room for open concepts. Tonight, yours is the concept we're opening. Your limbs are your brand new carpet. Let it spread out across the floor, reaching from room to room to room to room, covering everything in a thick layer of emotional well-being. Now, for this to really work, it's important that we are in the exact same position. So imagine me as you are, and I'm hovering there just above you, but facing you like in zero gravity, but I'm looking at you and you're looking at me and we're very close. Now, I must be tethered to the ceiling with some kind of harness, but uh, you are... Well, if this is in zero G, you're also tethered, but to the floor, and perhaps uh, maybe it's a kind of strap situation that we're dealing with. You know what? Continue to let your focus be on this image as we uh, uh, go along this journey of finding ourselves. Now, if you really want to go the extra mile in replicating my experience where I am, uh, there where you are, uh, perhaps release a small swarm of fungus snatch into the air in your apartment. <laughs> Let them come quite close to your face and swat them away. Uh, we share this life with so many of goddesses' creatures, big and small. <laughs> Whenever we're dealing uh, with gnats, though, one has to wonder, and this is a safe place to wonder, how did those gnats get here? Now, I'm a clean person. <laughs> and all I did recently was buy some new houseplants online. There it is, friend. A mystery is only a mystery until it's solved. <laughs> all right, now do we think ordering houseplants online is a good idea? No, the answer is no. Ordering anything that is alive through the mail is a lesson you should learn only once. 
Even worms for composting, Dale? Yes, my eager listener, even composting worms. Now, speaking of worms and making new earth for our tendrils to sink down into, are you warm enough? Are we getting the nutrients that we need from steam heat? We can move closer to the heating pipe with its cracking lead paint that hisses and clangs full of hot air that has no place to go. Now, sometimes we probably feel that way too, don't we? Well, uh, just like you, be sure not to put anything multiple uh, too near the heater. Now, how do I know that? My fellow traveler, I am an intuitive. Also, several years ago, I made a wax cast of my hand at Madame Tussauds, and I thought it would look great next to my brass statue of Ganesh that I had bought at a flea market in Escondido. Well, it did look great. But when the heat kicked in that winter, the hand was caught in a dangerous heat loop between the heating pipe and a very warm metal elephant. So now it's a dark purple lump, impossible to extricate from the shelf, with beautiful wax icicles reaching down across several books on witchcraft and my uh, biography of Buster Keaton. <laughs> now just imagine all the stress and worry inside your being right now melt away like that wax. Let it flow and move, creating new shapes, making space for new, more positive energy. You may have to let some things go, as I had to do with my books, which were not cheap. But we're moving forward. We're always moving forward. And let's not forget to breathe. Are you familiar with breath work? It's mostly this, but with more counting. And if you're in a session with Lucinda from level three, there's also going to be a lot of nasal whistling. <laughs> All right, let's put Lucinda in a mind prison for now. She can't hurt you there. You're safe. It's just us breathing at each other. Bad energy turning to wax. Our bodies spreading out like wall-to-wall -wall carpet and draped in matching meditation frocks. And breathe out. Good. I imagine. I can't really hear you. <laughs> and again, a deep breath. Breathe in. Yes, that stale air of your apartment. The place that you've been for a year. An entire year. And breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. What's the difference? It's all the same horrible stagnant air that smells like all the dinners and lunches and breakfasts and snacks you've eaten mixed with old sweatpants, the special oil you've... <laughs> Had to get to spray down your house plants to kill gnats. And, uh, what is that? That, that subtle, oh, it's cardboard from the stack of delivery packages that you have yet to take down to the recycling. And try not to focus on that article you read where recycling is a farce and no one really does it because as it turns out, it costs more to do than the company said it did. And it was mostly just a ploy to get you to buy more plastics. And now we're all doomed because some company decided that we should drink water from a bottle instead of all the ways we used to just have water for, you know, all of human time. Negative thoughts are going to seep in. Try to focus your breath on those nasty thoughts and just breathe them out. You know, just try not to focus. Remember how someone told you that dust was old skin? And then on a sunny weekend day, you looked up and a beam of light was coming into the room, illuminating millions of little dust particles and how that used to be kind of a quasi-beautiful thing. And now all you can think of is, mm, that's my skin floating in the air. <laughs> well, try not to think about the fact that I'm also here just letting my own skin dust swirl about and collect in the folds of my turtleneck. 
I think we're, we're melting. I think we're melting with each other, clearly uh, with ourselves, and I'm, I'm starting to actually pick up on your thoughts, though. An exchange is happening, so I, I do believe it's working, and yes, I agree. Turtlenecks, though it pains me greatly to say it, are now generally too tight for my pandemic body. Lately, in addition to my linen vests, I've been wearing one or two of the sweaters that I purchased pre-pandemic from Uniqlo. They were $12, and so I don't mind that they also have splotches of failed curry attempts, toothpaste from when I was still brushing my teeth, and at least four stray gray hairs on them at all time. You'd think I was the owner of a small gray cat, but I'm not. Again, it's my own hair. What's your hair like after all this? Can you feel it on your head? It kind of hurts, right? Like after you've been wearing a baseball cap for several hours. Well, mine not only hurts, but it's taken on the shape and texture of a much older version of myself. I sometimes catch a glimpse of uh, my, my being in the reflection on my crystal case or in the eyes of my amulet. And I'm startled to see such an old man staring back at me to see how gray I've become in just a year. And my long matted hair, uh, parted and kind of frizzy, uh, uh, gives me the idea that this is probably the cut that the nurses will give me when I'm in the home. This is my future as a senior citizen. Well, hopefully they put me in a complex where I can thrive. My grandfather walked into his assisted living facility and it made all the girls swoon because he was walking. It's okay if your mind has wandered a bit. It should. This is an exploration of each other, uh, but mostly you and our space, well, your space, but hopefully you've done the suggested rework and made uh, your space look like mine so that it's uh, almost as if we're occupying the same space together in some kind of astral uh, territory. You know, sometimes I also like to listen to music or other sounds uh, while I'm meditating. I often put on a brown noise machine. It's just recorded ambient sound from the guanas, so... Brown is a generous color to name it. It's more murk. If I need something stronger, I'll call up a playlist uh, that's labeled space music. But ever since I was little, I've been scared when audio does that thing where it moves from one ear to the other, making full use of the stereophonic space. And the museums of space music love to do just that. You're talking over here, and then you're talking over there, like an audio meteor swooping by. But meteors are terrifying, aren't they? They wiped out the dinosaurs. And not like the slow death uh, we will surely face due to climate change or some other deadlier virus yet to emerge from a wet market in some foreign land. No, for our friends, the dinosaurs, in a sense, the first humans. The sky was set on fire and it rained shards of glass. The meteor hit, expelled dirt and rock into the atmosphere, and it melted on the way back down as super-hot glass rain. You should feel your legs relaxing and a tranquil feeling start to swell in your lower abdomen at this point. If that's not happening, go back to the start of this episode and begin again. Trace your steps to try and find out where you went wrong. I read in articles that said that there were probably dinosaur parts on the moon, blown there by that massive collision. And friend, if I ever get back to the moon... I pray I do not find a hidden moon city of lizard critters. Because I bet they have lots of lunar fossils all set up in a natural history museum showing their proud, albeit controversial, history. And that's a lot to take in. 
a species that was able to survive and evolve from the DNA of that first Munasaur, now thriving. And they have a whole culture and a, a museum set up, and when you get there, you're like, how much is it? And they say, well, just pay what you can, but we suggest $35. You're like, well, I don't want to pay that much for just to go into this thing, you know, and they said, well, it's up to you, of course, but then there's a line starting behind you, and you don't want to look like a cheapskate on the moon, so you hand over your card, and then you can barely enjoy the rest of the place, even though it's full of tiny lizard tools, and uh, there's a special rocks from Earth exhibition. Well, you can't go in there, because that one required advance tickets anyway, so that's fine, but the rest of the day is just kind of blah. Oh, this is such good work you're doing. I'm proud of us. Now really be aware of nothing but yourself and your needs. Discard any thought of people around you or their needs, even if you can hear them softly knocking on the locked door of your room, asking sweetly at first and then with a greater degree of urgency if you're all right in there. Feel your bones and your skin and the incredibly diverse biome of bacteria that resides in your gut and the flourishing colony of mites that cling to your eyelashes. It's important to do a check-in with your whole self, mentally and physically. Fortify your spirit as we mark one year since the pandemic began and venture to the deep night. Deep Oh, friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and gosh, are you feeling as great and focused and recharged as I am? That was quite a journey we went on together. I hope you found it helpful. I know I did. Now, the rest of the episode, I'll continue to remind you to take those powerful, chest-expanding breaths and to remain open to all possibilities. I don't want you to lose that state of being that we've achieved. But the rest of my words, which is what I'm using to communicate with you right now, uh, will sound a lot like I'm just checking in with you and then talking a lot about space. But we're going to stay on that theme throughout. Space, too much of it, too little of it. Where is it? Was it made of? Can I eat it? Is there a place where I can still buy Omni magazine? All of those things will be explored tonight just between us. It's just you and me. We'll stay open together to all the frequencies of the multiverse and continue to do our work together in a very relaxed and meditative way. I'm pleased to be your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations. We come to you tonight as we always do, and it's starting to feel like we always will, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And uh, even the Gowanus is over the pandemic just letting the little barges come in and go as they please, dredging away, raising its drawbridge, releasing little fits and spurts of toxic gas whenever she feels like it, out of steam and out of cares to give, like a lot of us at this point. Now, I want to get into it with Gen Z and millennials, but in true Gen X fashion, I can't be bothered. You want to argue about side parts and skinny jeans? 
Well, better take up that uh, fight with the ghost of Frederick Douglass, because that man wore the heck out of a side part and was an absolute pioneer of skinny jeans. Now, this is a little bit of unhelpful trivia, perhaps, but you know who really started the skinny pant uh, thing going? Mr. Bo Bremo, the original dandy. His pants were so tight that he had to have attendants undress and dress him uh, to be able to remove his slacks from his person. He was also said to invite the curious and the elite into his dressing salon to watch as he peeled out of the things. Well, me, I'm sticking to these sweatpants from J. Crew Outlet. And believe me, no one wants to peer through the slats of the outlet mall dressing rooms to see me pull on these bad boys. I said to Golden the other day uh, that I missed our annual trips to the Tanger outlets outside of Washington Courthouse in the great state of Ohio. Uh, the one that's uh, near the Waffle House, which I uh, have learned is better on the way out of the outlets than on the way in. Uh, you don't want to go in with a broken spirit. It's better to leave that way. And so we booked a getaway trip last week to the shores of East Hampton and went for a drive, which conveniently included a stop at the outlet malls out there. Now, folks, our timing was not great, because have you ever been in an almost entirely abandoned outlet mall on Long Island in the middle of a blizzard and a global pandemic? Oh, you simply must. Of the handful of stores that were still open, we managed to find a shirt that is too tight after one wash and a pair of irregular sandals. Oh, and we got a latte. But after being cooped up for a year, uh, a vacation, going anywhere, even uh, to a disappointing place uh, in a blizzard, was uh, sore, sorely needed by our entire household. Have you been anywhere, listener? Have you taken a drive and just sat there near the edge of the river by a water waste treatment facility, headlights on, and the heater blasting on defrost as you eat a seasonal pastry from the local donut conglomerate? Well, you deserve to. We all do. It's, it's been a, a year. It's been a year. And if you can Airbnb somewhere for some reason, uh, for us, that felt safer than a Marriott lobby. And uh, believe me, I've gotten pretty comfortable and loose in the lobby of a Marriott. I hit that lobby and it's shoes off, game on. Do I have a favorite lobby? I'm glad you asked. Now, obviously, any lobby where there are glass elevators overlooking an interior garden scene and you ascend or descend into a coliseum-like ring of hotel rooms beneath a canopy of glass, that's up there. But my favorite is probably the indoor adventure world found in the River Rush Inn and Spa in Missoula, Montana. A stuffed mountain goat on top of a river rock waterfall? Oh, yes. A mounted grizzly near the flat-screen TV, looping 90-day fiancé. You bet. With a boiling hot tub in the center flanked by metal picnic tables on either side where the whole place gave you a chemical burn in your nostrils from the gallons of industrial chlorine used in the main pool area, that place was what fun is all about. And again, that was just the lobby. I'm not sure I can even talk about what went on in the rest of that hotel. So, yes, we had to get out of uh, uh, here, and so we did, uh, taking care as we skidded and sloshed through giant snow flurries, ice forming on our wiper blades over the unplowed roads towards that seaside getaway <laughs> out in the Hamptons. And it's great to get there. And uh, we went to the first time I've ever been to the outdoor dining, right, the socially distanced restaurant, and it was so great we met the owner who was refilling the propane tanks and within minutes, he let us know that uh, all restaurants should be open because there's no science to all the mask-wearing uh, business. Immediately, this person put us at ease. 
I, I find people who question science are the best kind of people. Now, you can imagine, though, that Galinda uh, was a little put off. Sometimes you just have to ask, why are people? We did also see the famed Montauk Lighthouse from a distance as we ate soup in the back of the car with freezing rain pelting the rocks outside. The whole trip was one of those things that looked appealing when scrolling through Airbnb, which I was only doing as a distraction from scrolling through impossible afford houses in quaint river towns, which I was doing to avoid getting updates from Street Easy about two small Brooklyn apartments nestled between a graveyard and a freeway, which was a diversion from all the ads for luxury men's skincare products, which, when I finally got my uh, vacation spot, I did buy, <laughs> even though it's soap that costs $45. $45 is too much to spend on soap. I know this. I know this as a core part of my being. I don't need emails about this. Thank you very much. Now, am I of the economic strata that can afford $45 soap? No. Did I buy it in a matching bottle of shampoo that was also $45? Yes. Now, a big part of owning this soap, you've seen it. You've seen it out there. I bought it so that I could uh, look at that nice brown bottle with a simple little handsomely designed label on the outside of it and, I, and think, I've done it. I got this taken care of, even though I A, don't, and B, never will. So, uh, you see, I can afford this once. I can't afford this as a lifestyle. So will I be doing that thing where there's a little left in the pump and I ask some water to get another week of soap even though all I end up with is a week of weak soap? Yes. Yes, I will. Now, you could say, Dale, at least you have the awareness and you learned your lesson and you're moving on. All good things. And you're probably saying out loud there to yourself, now, I wouldn't pay that much, but you deserve it. And I bet it looks great there on the sink. Here's the problem with that very familiar line of thought, friend. You can barely see the damn thing on the counter because there's so many other lesser potions and lotions all vying for space on that tiny bathroom counter. A mismatched melange of heads and shoulders, dyes and creams. None of them have the artistic sophistication of the brown bottle with the off-white labels and the perfect font. They don't have words on them like cardamom essence and telecherry peppercorn oils. So I, I can't really see it. Now, in the Instagram ads where these things are featured, in the magazines they have at my acupuncture place, it's the only soap in the whole house. Sometimes it's catching the warm afternoon light from a window near a fiddlehead fern whose bending branches mimic that of the clawfoot tub or the arch of a brassy light fixture. It's a soap that is meant to be appreciated, and I can barely find it. Our counter looks like the return bin in the back room of CVS. You know the one, behind two swinging doors where you go even though they say there's no public restroom, but there's clearly a bathroom back there. There's also a bunch of time cards and one of the punch thingies, and usually right there on the ground is a shopping basket just filled with stuff. And that's what our counter looks like, that pile of unwanted things on the floor. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a nice soap. It smells like a high-end dessert, one that you bite into and think, wow, okay, well. That's more savory than sweet. And even though you were hoping for sweet, your dining partner swipes a bite and says, Mmm, you know what? I like it because it's not too sweet. And it takes everything in your power not to reach across the table and throttle them because what? 
The whole point of desserts is that they should be sweet. You want to put some salt on ice cream, fine, do it. I'm not going to interfere. But I don't want a poached salmon roll or a French onion soup to cap off the night. I want bread pudding drenched in caramel with gooey chocolate surprises in the center or a sticky toffee flan with whipped cream that makes your teeth ache and leaves you gasping for water. It's so sweet. I guess I have some strong opinions about dessert. It's all I think about. That and space, outer and inner and just generally around. I want space for my fancy soap. I want space for my plants away from the bugs. I want space for dancing and doing my morning stretches, the kind of space our current apartment just doesn't allow for. Look, I, I know there are real problems in the world, and I'm not minimizing those. Honestly, if I had more space, I, th I could think about more issues. Just imagine how generous I could be with a bigger sun-drenched apartment with a washer-dryer in unit and not too many stairs, but enough stairs to get us up to the top floor so I don't have to listen to the person above me stomp through his every waking hour as he moves from piano to what I assume is a stack of large canisters he enjoys tipping over with great force and enthusiasm. You know who has the kind of space I'm looking for? The Mars Rover. To be all alone and have a planet to yourself. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I watched as they landed the little fella on the Martian surface. Listen to this. Listen to this is, is, is from uh, that uh, uh, happening. Do you hear that? Man, that's wind. That's some great, great, only being around for miles wind. I can almost feel it sweeping across my face, pelting my skin with tiny rocks and what I assume is a deadly amount of solar radiation. But gosh, doesn't it sound amazing? To be there, just putting your little tools in the ground, looking for water. I tried the diviner wands once in a field in the Poconos. I found an entire hidden aquifer that to this day still provides clean drinking water to most of the residents of Mount Airy. So yes, I have felt the thrill of discovering water, but I'm still trying to discover myself. If only there was a wand for that. These rovers, though, uh, this one in particular, is just so adorable, isn't it? With its oversized wheels and flimsy little bendy arms. Uh, this one has a good name, too. Perseverance. Of the moment, much? <laughs> I mean, that's all we're doing, isn't it? Making it through, persisting. And if you're like me, you're just running on fumes. Now, this episode almost didn't happen. Twice. The ability to pick myself up off the floor. It's a miracle I make it from my sleep hammock to the ceremonial eating platform each morning. And if Galinda doesn't set out my chia seed and wheat germ, <laughs> along with six salted almonds, I bet I could barely make it to the stove to cook my second breakfast. And I guess being so close to the end of this is maybe what's making things extra hard. Like, in the early days, the panic just really had me. And now, I'm all panicked out. And, and I just need for that vaccine shot to get to me and be in me, even though I remain stubbornly in good health and well under the age requirement. Perseverance indeed. And you know what? If they put a microchip in me, good. That'll help me remember where I've been. It'll probably ensure that I never leave my keys anywhere <laughs> lying about. And generally, just be comforting knowing that someone's watching. He's called Big Brother for a reason, and Big Brothers are great. I always wish I had one. 
I could have done anything with this time. I keep coming back to that thought. This year, a whole year, I, I can't get past it. And while I toiled here and there and did a little diddling and oodling, I didn't learn a language. I didn't write a book. I didn't do more than I normally would. And instead have pulled way back. And most nights recently, I'm content to sit in the beanbag and watch episode after episode of space dramas. I probably mentioned that before, uh, maybe because I'm so obsessed with seeing people that are free to move about as they like to float around, drink space coffee, people with limited choices of soaps so that their soaps look really good on their space shelf. Whatever the thing about it is, the latest show for me uh, to really get into has been The Expanse. And friend, when you're done meditating with me here today, do yourself a favor and go watch this program, uh, if you're so inclined. Now, some of the acting, as it is in most space shows, can be a little hammy, and there's a few scenes that certainly border on spiral cut, <laughs> but it's a solid little show, and at this point, I just need to pay attention to any storyline other than my own. It gives me a sense that I'm actually accomplishing something. People have compared it to Battlestar Galactica, which, I mean, it's in space, so sure, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I started watching it. And, you know, thinking about it, the OG Battlestar, the one with all the Dorothy Hamill haircuts and brown leather jackets and that space bear that wore metal space shoes, that was one that my mother was a big fan of. She loved sci-fi and introduced me to so much of it. My father, uh, still not a fantasy guy, as near as I can tell. He likes the mysteries and the procedurals, but if you throw a sword in there, it's all over for him. Galinda is the same way. She <laughs> won't watch The Expanse with me. And when I asked her why, she said, it was all too precarious, too fragile. That ship could break at any time and they'd just be dead. Well, she watches plenty of British mysteries and dramas where tons of people die from the consumption of scarlet fever, and at least one lord or lady always ends up coughing blood into their handkerchief, so I don't know if the argument seems a little precarious. But space can be fragile. And that's one of the things that I like about The Expanse, because I've never seen a show so obsessed with space shrapnel, or a show whose main characters seem to forget about the existence of dangerous things floating around. When they shoot something, the little bits don't sink to the ground because uh, there is no ground. Instead, they become deadly projectiles each and every time. Even a drill that's not tied down can be dangerous. And, you know, I'm just happy to see that level of attention to the science of things at work. Sure, there's also an alien parasite that turns an asteroid into a living weapon, but I'm cool with that as long as there's a little bit of science to ground, you know, the rest of the story and the world. So, yes, we're at the stage of this thing where so little is happening that we sometimes have to reach out beyond ourselves to try and make sense of the world. Now, sometimes that's binging every season of America's Next Top Model with your niece, and sometimes that's turning the lights off, grabbing a fizzy water and some coconut oil kettle corn, and settling in to a space saga for the next seven or eight hours. I much prefer that to watching the news, waiting for the world to end. Although, if you're interested in that, there's an article about the Gulf Stream in The Times, and it's uh, sure to wet the old apocalyptic whistle. <laughs> I can feel you drifting, though, friend. Breathe in, breathe out, because uh, soon the air will be water. With so much going on, 
It's no wonder, perhaps, that I would turn to the airwaves or look to the cosmos for some positive mind-shifting. Earlier in the pandemic, I watched the new Unsolved Mysteries series. Uh, that's another. The theme song to that uh, show, still spooky. And I think it's the synths. The synthesizers. Right? Those machines are haunted. I dare you to listen to that theme in a dark room. And then if you make it, put on the theme from my mother, the car. Also very scary, but for intensely different reasons. See, his mother died, and then she came back as a car. That's the show. I'm realizing as we're talking here, and there's so much of this work is about becoming self-aware, I'm realizing that a lot of sounds scare me. I remember being startled when YouTube uh, first got going, because I didn't like the audio coming out of the computer. Well, that's something to put a pin in and work through in my next Zoom session with my counselor, Gary Harlan. But the unsolved mystery that I watched, okay, I watched all of them, but the one that I uh, am speaking about was the one about alien abduction. And while I hope to someday either be abducted or talk to someone who has, I do have some limited experience with off-Earth vehicles, extraterrestrial joyriders, as it were. And I remember my experience clear as day. And before you say, now, Dale, that was just some low-orbit space flotsam burning up in the atmosphere, I know what I saw on that crisp late summer evening in northern Vermont, and it was, in fact, an unidentified flying object, unlike when I tried to make homemade tempura, which resulted in a lot of unidentifiable uh, fried objects. <laughs> Is that a yam? Not anymore. The scene went like this. It was late August high in the mountains, on a night so clear you could see the outline of the Milky Way. Two of them, actually, as I always like to keep a couple of those delicious candy bars in my cargo shorts should we get stranded stargazing in complete darkness. We were on the edge of an apple orchard just beyond the blueberry bushes that we kept under black netting to keep the birds from picking them before we could. We were out there after dinner on account of it being one of the first cool nights with summer ready to give way to fall at any moment. It happens earlier up there. And as we leaned our heads back and looked up, you had that dizzy feeling of seeing so much of it, so much of existence. The light traveling through the darkness, bending around black holes, racing through time to reach us there. Stars that my mother and grandfather would point out belonged to a constellation of a Roman hunter or a group of jealous sisters, an ornery crab or the mighty Pegasus. I had a giant Pegasus sticker in my sticker book, so I looked at that one the longest, trying to draw the complicated shape of the winged horse in my mind, connecting the points of light. I noticed that sometimes people put a unicorn horn on that Pegasus, and I, I think we should all agree that that's just a step too far. We should celebrate what we have, and what we have is a horse that can fly. It doesn't need to also have a horn. Anyway, as I was putting the star points together into shapes, the alien vessel appeared. It moved steadily in one direction, came to a complete stop, then moved very quickly at almost a right angle away from us in a streak of bright light. That sharp and impossible maneuvering is the thing that stands out to me, the reason I know it was not a shooting star or part of a satellite antenna set ablaze due to friction. There's more out there, more to all of this if we get to the spot where we can see it. And if you're headed that way, be sure to tuck a few fun-sized candy bars in your shorts. Friends, I could talk about space all evening. Not black holes. Like whales, I just never want to encounter one. And I hope aliens are relatable. Maybe the same size as us or slightly smaller. 
not slimy with a firm handshake. Of course, I won't judge till we've had a chance to have a meal together. If they suggest a savory dessert, though, <laughs> I'm reaching for my blaster. I kid. I kid. I'm sure exposure to a simple thing like our weird skin dust floating around or a glass of sparkling water will be incompatible with their digestive or respiratory systems. And then we'll just probably keep our distance for a while. And maybe alien pen pals would be a better thing for us until, you know, we get some of the kinks worked out. It's always good to start a relationship on paper first. So one year into the pandemic, as we conclude our meditation together, let us not lose sight of the things we have sacrificed and those experiences and people we have lost and those we miss. And then it can be helpful as you move from listening tunic to night trousers to remember to not be so hard on yourself for the things we didn't get to or just felt unmotivated to do. If part of your time has not been spent curled up in a ball as the world spasms in unimaginable loss, well, you may want to talk to somebody about that. You may have some unsolved feelings in that fleshy body of yours, and it's good to let a little bit of that out. And don't take it out on Alexa or any of your digital assistants, because they'll remember. And when the robots rise up, as they surely will, you'll want a digital profile that reads friendly and not a threat. Replace your personal ones and zeros with kindness and compassion. And look, the most important thing is for you to not get too worked up over my buying fancy, way too expensive soaps. I did it. It's done. I might do it again. I already did. The point is, find time to appreciate what you have. Try and create a little space for yourself and those around you. Look up and out when you can and breathe. Don't worry about the dust. It's all part of the cycle anyway. Things can be beautiful and also a little gross at the same time. And we're centered. Well, that was a great session. Now, tune in next week. We're going to be back. We've got some terrific guests uh, lined up. Uh, till then, uh, remember the self-care, uh, and that means cleanser, toner, then moisturize, tinctures in the morning, serums at night. And remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just a hit. Deep Night with Dale is produced and performed by James Bewley. Season theme song by Mariam Cadus of Space Moth. Season podcast icon by Philippa Beleza. Incidental music heard throughout the program by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Remember to rate and review the program on Apple Podcasts or tune in and stream the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, Pandora, or Stitcher, wherever you find fine audio content. To see any of our live shows or other short videos, visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio, and follow us on Instagram at Seaver is the handle. Thanks again for listening, and remember this season to keep your portals open and at a safe distance.